0: that some couples go through to even fall pregnant, let alone having a healthy child. We know of many um, friends and family who even to this day struggle with this Mm. and our hearts go out to them sincerely. As this was not something we had to go through, we're even more grateful to God for the gift of children as we acknowledge that we haven't done anything to deserve them. This pregnancy wasn't entered into with some, without some fear or trepidation, mainly because of the difficulties and pain Fiona has had to endure with the pregnancies of James and Sophie. Um, but we really saw God helping Fiona by keeping her back stronger than the previous times. And we know that people in this church regularly prayed for Fiona and her back As we, and we'd like to say a big thank you to everyone for that. God also very much had his hand of protection over Ryan with his home delivery by an amazing doctor, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Dr Luke. <laughs> and also the fact that, uh, that he had a true knot in his umbilical cord, which is a rare occurrence that could have resulted in disability or stillbirth. So it, it didn't, so we're very thankful.
1: Today Luke and I profess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, accept the promises of God, And affirm the truth of the Christian faith, which is proclaimed in the Bible and confessed in the articles of our Christian faith as taught here in this church. We acknowledge that Ryan is already sinful by nature and deserves God's judgment, but by God's mercy is made holy in Christ, and as a member of this church, he ought to be baptized. We know that Ryan will have to confess Jesus Christ as his own Saviour when he comes to an age of accountability. We promise that with the help of the Holy Spirit and the Christian community to do all in our power to instruct Ryan in the Christian faith and to lead him by our example into a life of Christian discipleship. Once again, we are very grateful and thankful to God for Ryan and James and Sophie and we are also very thankful for the support that we've received from this church, the many meals, cards and phone calls of support before and since Ryan's arrival. We are very blessed to be in a small group that supports and encourages us and we especially want to thank them today. We love this church and it's a real joy to see James and Sophie growing in their love for God and for his people and we look forward to this also happening with Ryan as he grows up in this church. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Scott. That's great. So we've... um We'll get Ryan up here um, in just a sec. Um, let me just talk a little bit. I just want to share a little bit about baptism. Talk a little bit about baptism, and you know, sometimes we we read the Green Book of Forms and the stuff, and just to to get an idea of, of of what we're doing here, and and we understand baptism as follows: we and our children, we and our children, are conceived and born in sin, and therefore, by nature, they're children of sin. So. Sin means that we cannot enter the kingdom of God unless we're born again. And this is what water baptism teaches us when we baptize our children. It signifies the impurity of our souls so that we may humble ourselves before God and seek our salvation outside of ourselves. Baptism signifies to us the washing away of our sins through Jesus Christ. We're therefore baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When we're baptized into the name of the Father... God the Father testifies and seals to us that He establishes an eternal covenant of grace with us. He adopts us for His children and heirs and promises to provide us with all good and avert all evil or turn it to our benefit. When we're baptised into the name of the Son, God the Son promises promises us that He washes us in His blood from all of our sin and He unites us to Him in His death and resurrection. So we're free from our sins and counted as righteous before God. How cool is that? When we're baptized into the name of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit assures us by this sacrament that he will dwell in us and make us living members of Christ. Now since every covenant or promise contains covenant contains two parts, a promise and an obligation, where through baptized called and obliged by the Lord to a new obedience. We're called to hang on to this one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, to trust Him and to love Him with our whole heart, soul and mind and with all of our strength. We must not love the world but put off our old nature and lead a God-fearing life. And if sometimes through weakness we fall into sin, we can count on God's mercy, helping us not to continue in sin because baptism is a seal and a trustworthy testimony that we have that eternal covenant with God. And even though our children don't understand this, we shouldn't exclude them from baptism like V was saying. Just as they share without their knowledge in the sin and the fall of Adam, so without their knowledge they've been received into grace in Christ. Because God said to Abraham, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your children and your descendants and Peter reinforced this in the New Testament when he said that the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off and for all who the Lord would call So we're going to baptize Ryan now, so if we can get Ryan up, and um, maybe we can have the kids come up too, because they can get to have a close-up view. So if you're a kid, or you feel like a kid, or you're short and you need a good view, then rock on up the front here. So how many of you kids have been up the front here before and seen a baptism before? Put your hand up if you've seen one before. You have What's that? On your Is it your birthday today? Segway, that's an enormous Segway. That's beautiful. Happy birthday, mate. Well, how fun that you get to see this on your birthday. Is that cool? How many of you know what happens during a baptism? Who knows what happens? Like You know, you see this and you see this. What do you think is going to happen? I'm going to pick up the bowl and we're just going to pour it on Ryan. Is that right? I know. That would be kind of fun though, wouldn't it? (laughs) But maybe we won't do that because he might cry. What do you think? See, Ryan has just been born. He was born just like three or four weeks ago. And when we do baptism, what it means is that God is making a promise. You see... Ryan isn't new to God. Ryan's new to Luke and Fiona and to Josie and, sorry, um, Sophie and James. Josie and Sames. <laughs> no. Ryan's new to them, but he isn't new to God. God knew him ages ago, all the time. And God always knew that Ryan was going to be in the world and that Ryan was going to be his son. And so he's given Luke and Fiona ryan to bring up but he wants us to know that he that, that that this is his son as well and that he really loves him and so this is a great opportunity for us just to witness that just to remember that and to think about it for luke and fee to know it and for us to say hey yeah that's what god's doing so that's what you're watching this morning god loves ryan He's as ryan's mine always will be mine and i want you guys to know that this morning so we're going to do baptism how cool is that? Are you ready? So shall I pick up the bowl and tip it? No, that would make a mess, wouldn't it? Look at the carpet, have to be cleaned up and everything. So let's just pray before we baptise Ryan. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity we have this morning. We thank you for the life of Ryan. We thank you for your grace in before time, knowing Ryan would be. Thank you for sending Jesus, Lord God to die for Ryan, and that he's included in life eternal. We thank you for this opportunity this morning too, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that we would recognize your spirit here this morning as we do this. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're going to baptize Ryan now. On Monday night when I met with Luke and Fee, I practiced his name. I've got it right, haven't I? That's good. So Ryan Daniel Van Vandenberg, I baptise you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He actually quietened down when he got the water, so he does like it. I'm just going to ask all of you to stand. You kids can stay seated. Well, no, you can stand too. That's cool. You, you stand up as well. Because, you know, somewhere it says that, you know, it takes a village, is, is, the, is the commentary, isn't it? Or it takes a community to raise a child. It doesn't, it's not just up to Luke and Fee, it's not just up to a few people and his grandparents and his aunts and uncles. It takes a community. And there are so many communities we're involved in nowadays. There's school communities, there's where you live, there's, there's family communities. But one of the key communities that we recognize is our faith community, our church community. And it's one of the most influential communities in terms of bringing someone up in the faith. So I want to ask you guys a few questions and get you to answer. And you just answer at the end. I'll ask you what's your answer and you'll just say, by the grace of God, we do. So One Hope Community Church and Visitors... Do you promise to receive Ryan in love, to pray for him, help to care for growth in faith, in his faith? Do you promise to be a church that encourages Ryan in a knowledge of God and the love he has for all his children? Do you promise to surround him and his family with Christian witness and example? What's your answer? That's good. That's amazing. I love that last line. Do you promise to surround him and his family with Christian witness and example? Don't say that lightly. Our kids are watching us. Father, we just want to pray with thankfulness in our hearts. We just want to thank you for making Ryan more than just a part of Luke and Fee's family, but making him part of our church community. And we pray now, Lord, that the promises we just made, Lord, we pray that we would be found worthy and we would be found ready to carry those those promises out that lord where ryan and our other children need to see an example of people following after you jesus that they would see that in us that they would know what it looks like to be a follower of christ by looking at us that they would know what it looks like to be a person that loves the lord and living in the world they would know that by looking at us god we thank you for your faithfulness in this. We thank you for your faithfulness to us and to Luke and Fiona and family. We thank you, Lord, for your promise this morning. And we thank you for the grace that you show us time and time again in your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, You guys can sit. And and you guys can sit. I'm going to get Rod to come up here. We're nearly finished. He's he's doing really well. We've only got the corded mic rod, so... Yeah, okay, I'll I'll let you...
3: To how far I can go here. Um, There's a bit of pressure this morning because I was in charge of making sure that the water was the right temperature and I was a bit worried there on the first sprinkle, but it all came good. (laughs) 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 Um, It's just with... um, just on behalf of our church, I just wanted to present you with a certificate to make it all official this morning. And also, um, this bear. Now, kids, do any of you guys have one of these? Yeah? Is it different to this? How is it different? It has writing all over it. That's right. So... um, this bear is for Ryan. Oh, it does have a bit of writing on it already but hopefully by the end of this service it'll have writing all over it from you guys so I'm going to pass this around before I give it to Luke and Fee. Um, now I just think you know, this is a great opportunity to write a message but as Luke and Fee shared um, you know, it's about investing in Ryan's life as he grows up so you know, my prayer is that um, as Ryan gets older and Luke and Fee pull this bear out and read some of the comments on there that they will be able to go, oh, yeah, that person has done that for Ryan or that person's been involved in that way. So, um, yeah, like Andrew shared, you know, with our answer to that question before, don't take it lightly, write a message on here, but my prayer is that we all invest in Ryan's life um, as he grows up. So, yeah, I'll pass this bear around and congratulations to you both.
2: While we wait, oh, it's working. There we go. I wish that that's all it took to get me going some mornings—just a new battery and that sort of stuff. Nah, I okay, go okay. Open your Bibles, and um, we're going to read. We're going to have a look at Psalm 100 today. the 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 theme of the service today is is thankfulness and gratefulness, and um, Psalm 100 is just is brilliant. And um, the psalmist. He's kind of gushing, so I want to share about that this morning. So if you've um, got a Bible or a phone, or a... and I'm actually going to read it out of the NIV this morning, not because it's a whole lot different than the ESV, it's only probably a few different words in the, the first couple of verses. So if you've got an ESV, that's totally fine, follow along, and um, we're going to read this psalm of thankfulness and gratefulness, and the heading in my Bible says, It's a psalm for giving grateful praise. Uh, so think about that and, and I just want to challenge you just to think about your life during this um, service as well, during this sermon as well. This is what the psalmist says, he says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It's he who made us and we are his. We're his people the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And you've probably read that psalm or heard that psalm so many times in your life, you know, and, and so had I. And just reading it and pondering some of those things has really been special. Let me, just give, let me just pray. Lord, we just want to pray for your word this morning. We want to thank you for the word that you give us. We want to pray, Lord, that your word would inspire us this morning, that it would encourage us, that it would grow us, that it would challenge us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to work in each one of us in the way that you need to this morning. With all our different circumstances and that, Lord, we pray that we be blessed by your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I entitled this this message, Reason to be Grateful and Thankful. And obviously I'm thinking of Luke and Fee as well. And but you start somewhere and then when you start thinking about stuff, it just gets bigger the days that you start thinking about it and you, you start reflecting on that. So thank you for starting the process, you know, for me. You know, and, and my Bible said it says it's a psalm of grateful praise. And this psalm is is the psalmist's reaction to being grateful and, and thankful it's it's what he did it's kind of like and, and I guess um, you, I, I'm going to make a confession here I actually like country music <laughs> John that laugh was way too loud <clears throat> yeah i got another I've got another country I've got a fan up there but, you know, and people often joke about country music. Country music is, this, they seem to write the songs just after something happens in their life. And it's probably not just true for country music. It's probably true for a lot. You know, the songs are about, you know, I loved her, she left me and she went again. Or, you know, or, or I, I saw this guy and I fell in love with him. Or, or I love this, you know. And, and a while ago there was this, um, this song, how many remembers a couple of years ago, the song about fireflies? Sorry? I, yeah, well, I heard him. It, yeah, it was at, that I heard him interviewed on on uh, radio. Why did he write that song? And he said he was just camping somewhere and there's all these fireflies, so he thought it was great, so he wrote the song. So, and it ended up on the charts. You too could be rich. But the psalmist did the same thing. Times haven't changed much. He something was. He was just glad about something. He experienced something really great, and 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 this psalm is his reaction. It's his reaction to being thankful and grateful. And so he wants to talk about it. He wants to gush about it. He wants to explain why he's thankful. You know, you walk up to you see somebody who's got this massive smile on their face, and you say, why are you smiling like that, you know? Um, and, and, and they want to tell you. And he wants to tell us why he's so thankful and grateful, and how come. What's your reaction when you feel incredibly grateful or thankful for something? Just think about it for a moment. You know, we've all, you, you could probably think of a time when you're really thankful or really grateful for something. How do you act? You know, do you share it? Do you gush about it? Do you, do you want to tell the story to people? Do you, you, know, you want to explain why you're smiling like a Cheshire cat or why, you, why you're smiling that way or why you're so upbeat? Do you want to explain how it came about or, or who did that? Yeah, do you smile a lot? Do you feel better about things when you're thankful and grateful? And I was reflecting on that, you know, and I just got back from Africa a week ago. And um, as most of you know, and, and we had an awesome time. We had one of the best teams that I've ever led. We had different kind of work, but we had such a great time. And we saw God do some really amazing stuff in the team and in the country And some really special stuff happened. And, you know, for the week afterwards, I'm frustrated sitting in the office by myself most of the time because I just want to tell people about it. And people come up to you and say, how was the trip? All they really want to know is good. But they get so much more, which is a bit frustrating. But, you know, because it's such a positive experience, it was so good... I want to share about it. I want to gush. I want to say, you know, I'd love to have my team here, and uh, Richard and Amy are are, are still away, but I'd love to have them all up here and just tell you how great they are. Because you know when you're thankful and grateful, when you're grateful for what God does, you want to talk about it. You you want to share about it. Thanks and gratefulness are emotions that can and should be shared. And, And the psalmist is doing that with us this morning. You know, And I was reading, thankfulness and gratefulness is positive for us as humans. This is what science says, and I didn't get a whole lot, but I've got a couple of key things here. He said, a positive outlook and feelings of thankfulness can have a direct and beneficial effect on the brain and the body. And here's another one. If, this is, I love this quote, if thankfulness were a drug, it would be the world's best-selling product. ...with a health maintenance indication for every major organ system of the body. Go figure. The brain releases dopamine, which in turn has a positive effect on mood, emotional and healthy well-being... ...and physical well-being. So thankfulness is not just about, you know, it's cute, it's nice and you're all excited. It actually has a positive effect... Now we've seen the psalmist, he has a reason to be thankful and grateful. He doesn't want to keep it for himself. Check it out. The first three verses. He says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Shout, worship, and sing. Why? He says it there. Because he's God. Know that the Lord is God. He says, you know, shout and and sing and worship, because he is God. He made us and we are his. We're His people. We're His sheep. We belong. This whole sense of, you know, we belong to something and someone may bigger than us. We're actually wanted. We're claimed. And, you know, as we talked about with Ryan this morning, we're not coming up to God and saying, here's Ryan, um, we would very much like it, God, if you would accept him as one of yours. That's not what we do with baptism. And that's the cool thing about baptism. You know, and that's the, the cool thing about baptism is, That baptism is God initiating, not us. It's God saying, this is my child. And the psalmist is saying, you know, shout and worship and sing because he's God and he made us and we're his, we're his people, we belong, we're wanted, we're intended, we're destined and we're cared for right through that destiny journey. You know, like a shepherd cares for the sheep and there are so many analogies in the Bible that we know about that, don't we? The shepherd really cares for his sheep. You know, and some would suggest that David is a psalmist here. We don't know. But if he was, David knew what it was like to look after sheep. He knew what it was like to put his life on the line for the sheep. He knew what it was like to care for them every day. And so the analogy would really work for him, wouldn't it? This whole sense of being cared for by the shepherd. And so the psalmist says, that's why you shout. That's why you worship. That's why you sing. That's why you tell the story. And remember, worship in those days was just like you telling the story. It was telling the story. They used worship and, and, and chants to say, Oh, God is good. This is what God did. He took us through the desert. And remember, worship was to, was to tell the story. We give glory to the maker. And there's a good reason in a troubled world and in a troubled life to be comforted by the fact that there is a God who is in control, who made us, who claims us, who cares for us and protects us who's looking out for us. That's the God that we have. And the psalmist helps us to remember that. If it was David who wrote this, and many believe it was, he experienced it in many challenges as a shepherd, as a servant to the king, uh, being pursued by a king who wanted to kill him through many struggles, even some of his family issues with his brothers. He experienced the fact that, you know, Despite those things, there is a God who loves me. There is a God who made me, and I belong to Him. You know, and a child is totally relaxed knowing that dad or mum is in control. Look at Ryan. Actually, look at him. He looks really worried about, about life right now. Sucking a dummy is hard work. But look at Ryan is he worried children they believe that they they trust in the fact that mum or dad actually care for them actually love them actually going to be there for them they rest in it they know that they belong to these parents they know that the parents will protect and care for them and they know that it's bigger than them but it doesn't matter it's someone bigger than me someone with bigger responsibility than me that's taking care of this That's taking care of me and that's just fine with them that's what makes them happy and at peace The same for us with God. We're His. He made us. He claims us. And and that's what we we witnessed this morning with Ryan. He owns up to us as His children. And He protects and cares. And He's the responsible one because He's way bigger than us. That's why baptism is such a great picture of that claim that, that God initiates, that God says, this child, Ryan, is mine. I made him. I destined him. Baptism is bigger than us. It's not us initiating, it's God. We're not saying, okay, God, here is Ryan and offering the child up. God already claimed Ryan. As I was saying to the kids before. Ryan isn't new to, to God. Ryan's new to, to you guys and to us. God already claimed Ryan. And baptism is a sign, it's a, it's a sacrament that God gave us to help us to see it, to experience it, to remember it, to be reminded of His ongoing covenant work in our families and lives. And so that's why it's so great to do that, because it reminds us of what the psalmist is telling us here. We're His, we belong to Him. He cares and, and He made us and He destined us. And the cool thing is that God goes on in our lives claiming us. God goes on, despite us sometimes, be willing to say, yep, this is my kid. You know, have you ever, if you've had a father or mother, have you ever had a son or daughter that's, that's done something and someone says, Who's, whose child is that? You've never done that as parents, have you? Michael's laughing, so... Oh, Jen does it, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's how oh, her child. Is that you? And God never does that. You know, God. It, it, the psalmist says He made us. He knows us. He loves us, and He cares for us. He always says, "That's my kid. That's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter," and He keeps doing it all the way through our lives. God goes on wanting us and drawing us back from the edge. And you know, there's that great analogy of the shepherd and the sheep. You know, when the when the one sheep when the one sheep drifts away and the shepherd will go and draw that sheep back from the edge and bring it back into the fold god goes on doing that in our lives he's done that in my life and he does it in your life and he'll do it in ryan's life too because we know that we live on this side of the glory on this side of sin and we know that there are times when god's got to reel us back in and he does that faithfully time and time again god made us he knows how we work And He knows what's going on in our lives. Our lives are no surprise to Him. And He goes on caring and protecting us. That's reason to be thankful and grateful, isn't it? The psalmist had great reason to be grateful and thankful. Even more. So he goes on. He doesn't stop at those verses. He goes on a little bit more, doesn't he? Let's have a look at verse 4 and 5. And he says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him... And praise His name, for the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. His thanksgiving and praise, and why again? Because God is good. Not only do I have a God who made me, who knows me, who cares for me, uh, but He's good. Because God is good. The Lord is good. And His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, if God is in control and He claims us, how good is it to know that He's a good God? If you've got, some, if you've got a parent, you know that's in control, it's, it's excellent to know that that's a good parent. You know, and our world is littered with not-so-good parents nowadays, and so we know the difference. The psalmist says, you know, this is a good God. He is a good God. And there is so much bad in this world, and we know it well. But God is good. He doesn't change because the world does. He doesn't or because we do. God is good. And there's that saying, isn't it? God is good all the time, all the time. God is good, exactly. And how good is it to know that God's love won't peter out or there's not a limit to, out- to His love? Like, wow, now you've really exhausted my, my love limit. You know, the psalmist says, because His love endures forever and endurance is the word you use when someone's running the last kilometer of a hundred kilometer race you know through snow or through you know think of the worst think of bear grills think of you know joel poppenbeck doing 40-hour famine endurance is that word and he uses the word endures because it's love never fails it's it's god's love doesn't get waylaid or get knocked back or knocked off its feet or or it doesn't run out, there's not a limit to it, his love endures, it continues, and it won't peter out. And how good is it to know that? That's why the psalmist says, that's why I want to shout and sing, that's why I want to go into his courts with praise and give thanks to him, because his love endures forever. And boy, do I need that. How many of you need that? His love endures forever. And how good is it to know that His faithfulness continues through the generations, through all the generations? I went to um, uh, the days. Are, no, Friday. I went to um, Rob uh, and Kate Neal's uh, Rob's father's funeral. What an ama- I think there's a few of us here. What an amazing testimony to the fact that God's faithfulness goes through the generations. The whole service was a service of thankfulness. You know how we say that when when we have a a funeral, we say we're going to have a thanksgiving service. This genuinely was one of the most thanksgiving services I've ever been to. I don't know if you were there, but if you were there, you'd have to agree with me. And and the kids and, and the grandkids, you know, the testimony to his faith in God and then hearing the story of his father, how he passed it on to him, and astounded me that God's faithfulness goes on for generations, and it was such a great testimony. Look at your kids, if you have them. Well, they're in turbos, some of them now. Imagine them with nice, clean faces. Look at your kids, if you have them. Look at your parents, if they're here, your grandparents. God's faithfulness was there then, and is there now. Look at Ryan. God's faithfulness is there now. It's there in you, it's there in your parents, Luke. It's there in your parents' fee, and it's there in Ryan's. And God's faithfulness goes on For generations, and that excited the psalmist. Because he realized that, you know, God's faithfulness is not going to, to stop with the behavior of one person, that God's faithfulness transcends that. God's faithfulness is there then, it's there now, and it will be there for the future. So come into his presence. Enter his gates. Come into his presence when we worship. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. And that's what they did at the funeral on Thursday, on Friday, by the way. It was just really thanksgiving and praising what God had done in their lives and in their father's and grandfather's life. You know, when I said, come into his presence with worship, you know, boast about it, talk about it, share it, witness it, tell people about it. Ryan can count on God's faithfulness, not because Luke and Fee are good. You're pretty good, you're okay, you know. But he can count on God's faithfulness because God is a good God. And because his love endures forever, he can count on that. Luke and Fee can count on it. And we all get to count on that faithfulness. You know, the psalmist had reason to be thankful and grateful. In fact, he had many. You know, who'd have thought you'd get that much out of a a small psalm if you started to think about what was he excited about? What time was he living in? He had reason to be thankful Luke and Fee have many reasons to be thankful and grateful. And we have a host of reasons, don't we, to be thankful and grateful. Today we celebrate just one of those reasons with Luke and Fee together, Ryan. But each of us can reflect on many more things. You know, each of us could reflect on so many more things to be thankful and grateful for. And so what I want to do is, before I I go on, I'm I'm almost done here, but what I want you to do is I want you to take 30 seconds, and I'm I'm not really timing, but I want you to take 30 seconds. I want you to think of five things that you're thankful or grateful for in your life, or people, or staff, or experiences, whatever they are. I want you to think of five things. So your time starts now. Everyone got five things? I did five because you can use one hand and you can use fingers to remind you of what they are, right? Everyone got five things? You got five things or more? All right, now you have three minutes to get out of your chair, go and find someone that's not part of your family or life and tell them what those five things are and why you're thankful for and grateful for them. You got three minutes. Use them well. Now, up your seats, go and find someone... There's at least 20 years different age than you guys. <laughs> you only got three minutes, so make, make a move. Okay, let's find our seats again. How many of you struggled to keep it down to 5? How many of you, once you start, you start saying, oh, I'm thankful for that, I'm thankful for that, I'm grateful for that? Now, the other question I have for you, because that was easy, and it's easy to sort of say, look, I've got so many more than five. I was talking to Anthony and and we could have gone on for a while and you would have had to deliver coffee to the front for us, you know. That's the easy thing. But the next challenge is, how often do you actually share that with somebody? How often do you write the song, country music or whatever, you know? How often do you actually, do you do that? Do you, do you, do you express what you're thankful? And, and how many of you kind of feel a bit, you know, I was talking to Anthony, and Anthony says, oh, look, I, I get a real buzz when I, when I think of these things, when I see these things. How many of you feel better when you focus on the things that you're thankful and grateful for? Science might be onto something. something. You know, so the, the, the good thing is, the encouragement I want to give you is to remember that, that God is good, that He made you and he's in charge, he's in control, that he cares for you, that his love endures forever, that his faithfulness is going to go through all the generations. I want to encourage you with that. I want to encourage you to think of your thankful things, but I want to challenge you and say, you know, how much do you share that? How much do you talk about that sort of stuff? Do you tell your kids what you're thankful and grateful for? Do you tell your friends when you're in small group? You know, how much time do you spend sort of, you know, have you ever, you know, Sue did this once with... Um, with a woman's group she was leading, where when they prayed, they were only allowed to give thanks with prayer. You'd be shocked how short you pray and you run out of things to say when you can, you know, instead of asking. I want to challenge you to think about being like the psalmist and gushing. Share it, talk about it, how thankful you are. There's, there's a lot of junk, and there's a lot of things in our life that, that we wish weren't part of our lives a lot of the time. I can guarantee you, as children of God, there's a lot in our lives that is very positive. There's a lot of things that God has already done. And we ought to be thankful. So as you walk out of here today, remember these truths. You can be thankful and grateful because He's God. He initiates and He says, you are His. And He keeps doing that through your life. He made you, He knows how you tick, and He knows what's going on. And despite that, he cares, protects, and loves you. He's good all the time because that's his character and his nature. His love does not run out and he's faithful for the long haul. Those are seven things, number of perfection. Don't keep thankful and grateful on the inside. Like the psalmist, talk about it, tell about it, share it, use it to unlock your own joy and the joy in other people. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you for the reminder this morning of just how great you are in a number of ways. Lord, in your word, in the baptism, Lord, thank you for reminding us that we belong to you, that we're yours. We always were, we always will be. Thank you for telling us and reminding us again that you're good that your love endures forever, that your faithfulness goes through all generations, that we never need to fear that you'll turn away from us. Thank you for shining a light on the good things in our lives. Thank you for reminding us that we ought to be thankful and grateful and share it with those around us. Thank you for Ryan. Thank you for using him this morning to unlock joy in our hearts, to unlock the thankfulness and gratefulness in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that the world would see through me and through each one of us that you are a good God and that you're worthy to be praised in your name. Amen.